0: Hello, my name is Mark Searby and I'm a film critic, broadcaster and author of Al Pacino, the movies behind the man. Thanks for clicking play on episode 12 of All About Al, the Pacino podcast. I think this is the episode that a lot of people have been waiting for. A discussion on one of Al Pacino's greatest films, Dog Day Afternoon. A remarkable film that still stands the test of time today and as many people will know, is based on a true story. Set during one day in August 1972, Sonny and his friend Sal attempt to rob the first Brooklyn Savings Bank. They take the bank's employees hostage, but things start to go awry almost immediately. The bank is cornered off by the police, and Detective Sergeant Eugene Moretti tries to negotiate with Sonny. Eventually, Sonny's demands for a bus to Kennedy Airport and then a plane to fly him and Sal out of the country is arranged and, well, that would be spoiling it for anybody who hasn't seen this incredible movie. I mentioned there about the hostages, and this interview is with one of those bank employees who is taken hostage. Sandra Kazan played Deborah, one of the female bank tellers in the film, right there in the thick of the action. Kazan is now a voice and speech coach in New York City. During her acting career, she's appeared on Broadway in productions of Fiddler on the Roof and Caligula. On screen, she's appeared in feature films such as The Plot Against Harry and Court. And you may have seen her pop up in an episode of the hit TV show Billions. However, it is Kazan's performance in the masterpiece that is Dog Day Afternoon that she discusses with me. So here it is, All About Al. The Pacino Podcast. Episode 12 with actor Sandra Kazan on Dog Day Afternoon. I was looking at your filmography on IMDb and Dog Day Afternoon was your feature film debut. That's not a bad start. How did that come about?
1: Well, I was asked uh, by Sydney, uh Lumet because I had worked with him many times. I had worked with him on TV when he was a television director. And uh, so he knew my work uh, and he was looking clearly for actors who could improvise. And we did a lot of improvisation. In rehearsal, and Sydney likes to rehearse, and we had, if my memory is correct, uh, three weeks of rehearsal, and which was extraordinary. But uh, uh, so it was just a fabulous meeting. So it wasn't my first job because uh, I had worked in theatre and I had worked on television
0: as well. I was going. You mentioned in there that you had quite a long time to rehearse compared to nowadays. Was it the whole cast that was rehearsing? Yes, it was the whole cast. What was that like when you're just sat around the table before you're getting really into the machinations of each character?
1: Well... We discussed, no, we were not sitting around a table. (laughs) Because uh, Frank Pearson was around, as I recall, and the situation was described. And we were hostages, uh, trapped in this situation. And we were urged to develop our own character. He did not write specifically anything for any of the characters so we had to come up with our own interior character which was you know improvised and there was as a result uh the script person wrote down and every time we came back some of it was used uh i had a whole character um but it was n- not necessarily used in the actual filming of the movie so the uh but the relationships between the hostages were established and uh so in rehearsal when well, let me go back, because the audition was where I got to experience Al's intensity. I had to audition for him. He had to approve everybody in the cast, apparently. And so when I was called in to audition, there was Sydney and there was Al Pacino. and i really don't remember if it was a little bit of a script or we just improvised but all i can tell you is that i did not have to act his intensity was so overwhelming that all i had to do was look in his eyes and be terrified It was not acting, (laughs) it was just (laughs) so strong, it blew me away. And so when it came to rehearsal, so I got the part, he said, fine. So uh, in rehearsal, the most significant moment was when he first takes out the gun. It was so terrifying that I flew, screamed and flew into one of the other hostages arms and so Sydney said, keep it. (laughs) And, you know, then I had to work on not anticipating doing that again, but it's in the movie, but the first time it happened. I mean, he is so intense. All you have to do is look at his eyes. You don't have to act. So in terms of his uh, real persona, at that time, Al was very, very famous. And he was surrounded by bodyguards so we had very little personally to do with him his main relationship at least that i saw was with john casales who was the most available beautiful person and uh He was with us, he talked, he
0: was, he was just a beautiful person. Do you think, with Al being at arm's length to yourself and the other hostages, shall we say, helped that intensity for when you were preparing and also filming?
1: Yes, I think that's a good point. Although he did know some of the people. He knew Penny Allen. Hmm. He knew Carol Kane. I think he knew Marsha Jean Kurtz because I think they had worked together before. Um, But he kept at a distance uh, during the filming.
0: So by the end of rehearsals, had you... Yourself and the rest of the cast really mapped it out as to what the characters were going to be like, how it was going to play out. So, what we see on screen is ultimately what you worked. Or is there a big difference to what we see in the actual movie to what was finished by the time you had done the rehearsals?
1: No, I don't think there was a big difference. Uh, I think what we established was a closeness during the rehearsal process um, so that we weren't not strangers uh, and uh, had a working relationship and but it was uh, really you know Frank Pearson did go up to get an award <laughs> for it for, but it was mostly in terms of our behavior Improvised, not not written. I think Pacino's character and Casali's, but Casali improvised that fantastic moment where he says, "Where do you want to go?" That just blew us away.
0: That was not written in the script. Well, that was going to be my question to Sandra: was that there is a lot of comedic moments in this movie it is very it is a funny movie but i just wonder how much was improvised in the comedic aspect of this movie compared to what was written
1: no it was there was no emphasis on doing that he wasn't sydney was not looking Hmm. at least it wasn't stated Hmm. he never expressed that it would
0: be funny It's just the situation that puts those two guys, well three guys because obviously one of them runs out at the beginning puts them in, that they are just not prepared for it in any way
1: Right, so that it was spontaneous which was as close to reality as
0: it could be Could you talk a little bit about when it was when cameras started rolling and you were filming inside the bank what the intensity was like then
1: i don't know how to describe it uh when al was around we were well some as you see in the movies some hostages got more comfortable with him uh and uh Thought it was funny what he was doing but uh i was just constantly terrified because he was really scary there was no telling what would set him off and uh, he did have that they both had you know the gun available to them so it was pretty scary but his main relationship was with Penny Almond. Uh And I think at
0: that point they knew each other quite well. I was gonna ask you if you were there on the set when Sydney and Al did that, did the amazing sequence where he's on the phone and he keeps taking a phone call from the police and then he calls them back and it's like, it's like 11 minutes of him just being focused on this call, if yeah. you were there at that point.
1: I think we were all in the bank. It happens in the bank, right?
0: Yes, that's right.
1: Yeah. Yes. And but- that's with J with um which phone call are you talking about?
0: So when one- with um uh the uh, the police when they're in over the road and they're trying to negotiate with him and he you can see the more the phone call goes along, the more Al is sweating and Mm -hmm. it's getting to him more and more because it's such an intense moment. And the way that um, Sydney shot it was Mm -hmm. two cameras together is what I read so they could Mm -hmm. keep it going. And I just wondered how intense that was for that one moment because on screen, it's just, it's sensational. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious what it's like to stand there and still be part of the, the scene, but also be realizing that something is happening here where it's closing in on this guy. It was intense. I,
1: I, I remember being there. Uh, it just, I guess we we certainly knew what was going to happen, but... He was so uh, intense that it gets to you, you don't, yes, Uh, it just gets to you. Yeah, I do think I remember that. Uh, The other thing, uh, but he wasn't, well, I'm trying to think about the car, the car, the drive to the airport that was pretty incredible. And that was the first time we had done that. We had not rehearsed going in the actual car.
0: How many takes did Sydney do on that?
1: I don't remember doing more than one. (laughs) Right. You know, that may not be accurate because, you know, this was a long time ago and, uh, it might have been because of the business with the gun, um, but we really did drive, and it was that was terrifying. That was really very scary. You didn't have to act, <laughs> so which was the best thing about working with Sydney, as well. Uh, you know, as the
0: situation, that particular situation. So did it by the time, obviously, as we know, at the end of the movie, um, John's character gets shot, Al's is taken to prison. Was there a sense of relief when that happened that suddenly that intensity had gone? Or did it take a long time for you to to start to relax a bit more?
1: Well, I remember that in the car, I started to cry. So there was a sense that we were going to get out of this. Uh, But it was
0: um, still scary. Now, I was going to say, was there ever a point where you started to feel not scared or... or, or you know, that intensity or where there was a moment where you started to relax in the movie at any point, or was it constant because you were always on edge?
1: Yes, I think we were always on edge. There was some, uh, I think some awareness that he wasn't going to hurt us, that he actually didn't want to hurt us. He was trying to get out of this situation alive and uh the knowledge that he probably was not going to achieve what he wanted was so crazy it was but the um but there was the gun i mean there was the weapon he was kind of nuts so god knows what he could have done but he does have this incredible intensity that comes through that is awesome. Yeah. I have
0: great respect for him as an actor. Um, I was going to say, with yourself now being an acting tutor, could I call you that? Would that be okay?
1: Well, I have merged into coaching actors and I do occasionally work. I was on um, had a small, you know, part on billions. I also was in other films. I was on stage uh, in the original company of Fiddler.
0: Uh, so, uh, so I'm acting acting tutor coach is is kind of only a little bit of what you have done throughout your career. And I was gonna ask you, obviously, as we know, Al is from the Method School of Acting. Is that something that you taught, teach at all at any point, or are you away from that? I'm always curious to know if people who have worked with Al have taken on his acting techniques.
1: I had studied what you would call the method uh, long before i met al so i had been acting uh, since this high and in various ways and then it did turn out that sydney lumet was our acting teacher at the school of performing arts so I was introduced to this very early wow and that's how we first met so i had worked with him uh, as a student as well yes so i had teachers who were method acting teachers in terms of what i teach when i coach actors i i wouldn't call it the method but there are certainly uh, there's nothing wrong with the method as long as you use it uh properly uh, there are some people you know who don't understand what it means to really ask the questions that need to be asked in order to understand the character, the situation, what happened before, what is happening now, what is your relationship, those are all very valid. So it's uh, a matter of listening, listening, and then reacting. Uh, But listening, establishing contact, genuine contact, is uh, what I teach, whether I I'm teaching somebody to give a authentic presentation, because I I teach, uh, I work with people all over the world now, because, especially because the pandemic also uh, provided that uh, in terms of accent reduction, in terms of voice, in terms of Being, getting a new job, not speaking well enough. Uh, So there are various people who come to me for voice and speech work. But the actors I see recently are just tied to the script. They're just tied to the lines. Well, the lines are not the whole story at all. So that's where you would call the method. Uh, but uh, I don't teach the
0: method. It's interesting you mention in there about actors who you've spoken to recently and been working with recently who are tied to the lines, which is completely opposite to what you were doing, which what is what you said with Dog Day. And that's what Sydney taught you as well. Can, can you talk about... Sydney, just a little bit because you know sadly he's been gone for so long now that we're only we've only got small bits you know we've got the movies but we we don't have any footage of you know we don't have loads of footage of him what he used to be like or anything like that so i'm just curious with you who were who knew him for so long what he was like to work with
1: he was also pretty intense uh he knew what he wanted uh And uh, he was very alive, he emphasized establishing genuine contact. He, as a person, I loved him, I loved him as a teacher, everybody loved him as a teacher. He was warm, he was available, he was uh, very big on not anticipating. See, when I had that moment where I was terrified when he went out, drew the gun, and I flew and screamed and flew into the other, who was it that I flew into, whether it was Penny, I'm not sure. Uh, And then I had to repeat it. And he said, don't anticipate, because it's very hard once you do something like that, not to try to repeat it. You know, to keep it as alive. It, that's a challenge. Because if you know what's going to happen and you know what the result is that is wanted, that's that's acting. <laughs> and not to anticipate is a challenge. But he was very supportive and very warm. So he was a loving person and very available. I mean, during all the time, you know what movie making is like in terms of a lot of waving around, a lot of waving around. And so he would also sit and wait around a lot of the time. So, but uh, he was a lovely man. There now t- there are interviews. I'm sure you've seen them with him, and he has written
0: a book. Mm. It's you know a great book? book. It's a fantastic book.
1: Right. And so I I think from that you probably have gotten his approach. Uh, but since I knew him uh, I think longer than anybody else who worked on that film, uh, because I knew him as a student. Uh, and uh, I would not call him method, method. You were available to everything, to every approach. You use everything.
0: <laughs> and. Uh, I was gonna say, you mentioned a word there intense he was intense but as you said he was available but he was intense and you also mentioned that word about Al as well do you think that's why they got on so well is because when they needed to be in that zone they could just click straight into it
1: yes I think that is a good point although honestly I cannot tell you what might have gone on between the two of them in terms of their private conversations about the character uh since we were not privy to that Mm. i i was not there for any of that private conversations about the character it was a fantastic job and we all loved being there Nobody was unhappy. It was just, we, we were aware that this was just a great situation. And everybody in it, in terms of the cops, in terms of what was going on, it was extraordinary. And all the actors, wonderful actors, so many of them no longer alive.
0: It, as you say, you know, the, unfortunately, there's not many people left who. We're in this phenomenal movie, um, so to have first-hand experience from yourself is it, it, just amazing. Because it is one of those movies that is constantly rated as one of the best Pacino performances. I don't know. It, it, how, do you feel that? Like you know, out of Pacino's filmography, do you think it is top five or something?
1: Yes, I do. He was so alive. I mean, in that scene, when he comes out of the bank and he says, Attica, 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 that was really alive. That was in the moment. That was still amazing. I just saw it the other night when it was on. I thought, I can't watch this anymore.
0: I guess my question to you would be then, you've had such a wide career, stage, screen, TV, and movies. Where does appearing in Dog Day Afternoon rank for you? Well, I am very
1: happy, very happy that I was in it. But looking at it, uh, I have thoughts about what I wish I had done that I didn't have the freedom to do. Or that I felt I didn't have the freedom to do uh, because I didn't want to get in the way of the most important part of what was going on. So I felt a bit stifled in terms of the character that I had chosen. I was just, uh, I wish I had found something about the character that was more active rather than just being terrified
0: <laughs> all the time but he really scared the hell out of me <laughs> as you said it's not acting it's it, it was real life
1: yes it really did seem
0: that way so i just have one last question for you sandra and um I'd like to know what your favourite Al Pacino movie is.
1: Well, I don't know if I've seen all of them.
0: Uh,
1: I think it would have to be Dog Day Afternoon. So you I think, think he's so alive in that movie that, uh, and so desperate. Uh, and it still uh, holds up. Because of the situation and his performance. Yep. Which is, I think, off the charts. Yeah. And his desperation, his growing, growing desperation as the situation continues is beautifully realized. Yeah. So, great respect for him.
0: Sandra Kazan talking to me about Dog Day Afternoon. Sandra kept using that word, intensity, when describing Pacino's performance. And she's absolutely right. It's a hugely intense performance from him. And Sandra felt that firsthand. Also, I love how we got to hear more about how Sidney Lumet worked. It's quite rare in this day and age that we hear about Lumet. So Sandra's stories about what it was like working with him were an absolute treat. It was a delight to have Sandra on the podcast. So few of the people who starred in Dog Day Afternoon are still with us. To have a first-hand account like Sandra's then is, well, it's brilliant. So my thanks to Sandra for coming on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any feedback, then please do get in touch. You can find me on X, aka Twitter, on Instagram and on Blue Sky, or you can contact me via my website, com. If you enjoyed this episode, then please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for all future episodes. Until next time.